words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Hallelujah. All right, um, so it's going to be a quick charge, and then we're going to dance and sing to the Lord this morning. I'm going to read, I want us to read um, from Psalm 22, verse 3. There are different translations, but I would prefer the King James Version. Psalm 22, verse 3. It says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In modern English, it would be, you are holy. You inhabit the praises of Israel or the praises of your people. You see, when you want to learn about carpentry, what we normally do is to look for a seasoned carpenter. You don't look for any hard person to teach you carpentry. If you want to learn about farming, you look for an experienced farmer. I have this uncle who has been doing fish farming for over 10 years. And every single year, all his fish would die. Every single year, all his fish would die. So last year, one of his sons, someone encouraged and went to him and said, Daddy, you must end this business. How can you be doing business every year, all your fish would die? Every year, all your fish would die after 10 years. You don't want to learn fishing from that man, believe me. So if you want to learn farming, you learn it from someone who has the experience in it. If you want to learn tailoring, you go to a professional tailor who will get it right. Talk to our sister here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't want to come to me, except you want to look like a handsome madman. Then talk to me, I'll hook you up. You don't want to talk to me about that. Now, when you want to learn about music and worship, the man to learn it from is the man called David. That's the man who the Bible calls a man after God's heart. And it's not because David was absolutely without sin at all. No, not at all. It was because he had an absolute understanding of praise. He had an absolute understanding of worship. He knew what it means to praise God. He knew what it means to rejoice in the things of God. I'm sure Solomon, his son, must have learned this from him. Because if you observe, when they launched the temple, Solomon offered praises and sacrifices like the world has never seen before. He offered so much to the Lord that that night the Lord had to step down and ask him, Solomon, what do you want? That was not, that was not, God does not leave heaven anyhow. He doesn't come down. He had to come down and say, what is, what does this guy want? Why? Because Solomon had offered so much. And I believe absolutely that he didn't learn that by himself. He must have learned it from his father. And this is actually a lesson for all fathers in the house. What are you teaching your children? If you teach them nothing, teach them that God deserves our praise. If there is nothing you can teach them, let them know that there is a God in heaven who inhabits the praises of his people. 
that scripture is really amazing. And we're going to focus on that in the next few minutes. God inhabits the praise of his people. Very deep scripture. It's not as easy as it sounds. God inhabits the praise of his people. So what is Solomon actually, sorry, what is David talking about in the scripture? And I'm sure if you've been to church for long, you must have heard uh, choir ministers or chorus leaders actually quote the scripture. And usually it's to encourage people to sing and to sing. But what does David mean by saying this? The word inhabit means to sit upon. That word means to live within something. It means to dwell within a thing. That's what that word means. God lives within, God lives in, God dwells within his people's songs of worship and praise. That's what that scripture is talking about. What David is saying is that God is present and glorified when his people lift his name in honor. That's what David is saying. He's saying that perhaps God enjoys it. Perhaps it brings him rest and peace at the point of worship. God draws near to us when we praise him. So if you need the hand of God to show up in your life, the easiest way is to praise him. He dwells in the praises of his people. When you feel God is far from you, praise him. He will show up automatically because he is within the praise of his people. What an amazing revelation. David is saying God is present. So if you're not sure if he's present around you, just praise him. He will definitely show up. This is a guarantee from the scripture. Remember, David had praised God. He had experienced God in so many ways that he knew exactly what he was talking about at each point. I want us to go back to that scripture again in um, Psalm chapter 22. I'm going to read the preceding verses to explain, to give a context to what David is talking about. And I will read from the New King James Version this time. It says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me? And from the words of my groaning, verse 2, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime that you do not hear. And in a night season, and I am not silent. Verse 3, but you are wholly enthroned in the praises of Israel. Let me explain what David is trying to say. He's saying that he has been praying and asking God for help day and night. And it's as if God was not found. He has technically been complaining as well and looking for help and just crying and praying and it's as if God didn't show up at all but then in verse 3 he says but then he inhabits so he shows up when praise is offered that's what he's saying so what David is technically saying is that complaints may never change anything but praise will that's what he's saying in that scripture he has sought the Lord. He has prayed. He has sought the Lord day and night. There was no answer. 
It was as if God was far away from him. Could it be that that thing that you're looking for may not necessarily be something you should be praying about? It might just be that you need to be giving God thanks. He will show up quicker than even your fasting and prayers. God inhabits in the praise of his people. There is something powerful about praise. It changes the atmosphere. Praise alters the tangent of our lives. It influences the release of the unprecedented grace of God. Praise causes the power of God to move even when nothing else can move it. Praise activates the power of God in our lives. Are you praising God enough? Praise is powerful. Say to your neighbor, choose praise. Say to your neighbor, choose praise. What does it mean to praise God? Praising God implies the expression of our recognition and love for who God is. For what he has done and what he has said. Praising God implies a recognition first of who God is. An expression of our love for God. What he has done and what he has said. We recognize and declare our belief in God when we praise Him. You praise Him because you believe Him. You praise Him because there is something you know He can do that no man can do. When we declare our praises, we express our love to God. We show Him that we love Him. I'm going to take these three points and then we'll pray. And then we'll worship, we'll sing this morning and dance to the Lord. Praise is about who he is. First point. A group of songwriters wrote a song, and we're probably familiar with this song. I'm going to read the lyrics. It says, God of creation, there at the start, beginning, before the beginning of time, with no point of reference, you spoke to the dark, and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. You don't speak in vain. No syllable empty, no void once you have spoken. All nature and science follow the sound of your voice. And as you speak, a hundred billion creatures catch your breath. Evolving in pursuit of what you've said. Hallelujah. If the stars were meant to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar their greatness, so will I. If for everything exists to lift you high, so will I. If the winds go where you send it, so will I. And the rocks cry out in silence. So will I. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's a powerful declaration of who God is. He says that once he speaks, everything aligns. That is the God we serve. No wonder why in Psalm 150 verse 6, the psalmist said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Everything. Because he created all things. Praise 
is an active response to the supremacy and sovereignty of God. What kind of God do we serve? The God we serve is real. Guys, God is not a myth. You know, many times science portray God and try to discredit his existence and make him look like just a feeble, like Father Christmas. God is not a myth. God is real. God is a supreme being. That's why we call him God in the first place. Because God means supreme being. He is above all things. We praise him because God is sovereign. Sovereign means he is in control. Yes, the world is not a state of chaos. There is so much going on in the world. So much happening. And it's as if God is not in charge. Trust me, if God was not in charge, there would not be earth at all. The devil would have messed this place absolutely. It wouldn't even exist. There wouldn't be any oxygen to breathe. God is sovereign. Our God is all-knowing. He's not ignorant. You know, sometimes we are wondering, does he know that I need this thing I've been asking for so much? Believe me, he knows. Whatever it is that you're looking for, a relationship, you're looking for something, you're looking for money, you're looking for a finance, you're looking for a healing, you're looking for a child, whatever it is you're looking for, there is a God who knows. Our God is all-powerful. He has unlimited power and has the ability to do anything. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. That alone, he deserves our praise. There is no other being on earth we can make this kind of statement about. With God, all things are powerful. That's why during the testimony of our sister, she talked about miracles happening. God is able to bring about miracles. Our God is righteous and holy. You know, we talk about him having unlimited power. Sometimes that is scary. And that's the problem we have with a lot of leaders in the world today. Because when they have power that is unlimited, they start abusing that power. But the thing about God is that beyond having all power, his power cannot go beyond his righteousness. He can violate his own righteousness. That's why we can trust him. God is our source. He is our source. That's why we call him Father. Father means a source. He produces all things. We can gain all things from him. God is enough. You don't need more than him. Yes, it's good to get blessings from your friends and from people around and to get things. God can prompt them to bless you. But God is enough. Say to your neighbor, in 2021, God is enough. God is enough. Stay with God. God is unchanging. Therefore, we can depend on him. The Bible says in Malachi 3, Verse 6, God speaking about himself says, I am the Lord. I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Your living today is because God is alive. It is not because you can do it of yourself. It's not because you exercise. 
Those things are wonderful. But your living today is because God is alive. In Hebrews 13 verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is dependable. We praise God because of what he has done. I want to read 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. I hope you're getting ready this morning to dance to the Lord. 1 John 3 verse 1. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called the children of God. I want to stop there. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. Some translation says lavished on us. The word lavish looks like a waste of resources. He has lavished, he has poured out without us even deserving it. That we should be called the children of God. The greatest honor on earth is not that you have one million dollars. The greatest honor on earth is that you are a child of God. The greatest honor on earth is that when rapture takes place now, you can join the host of heaven. The greatest honor is not about whatever it is that you have, the family, the children, no, no. It's about the fact that God looks in heaven and says, that is my son, that is my daughter. And if you're here and you're not born again, or you're listening to me and not born again, you have an opportunity. There is an unquantifiable un, un, un move of the love of God upon your life. All you need to do is to welcome him into your life. Behold, what manner of love, this manner is un, 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 unimaginable that we should be called human beings, vessels made of clay, should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Somebody worship the Lord this morning. The Lord our God is mighty. Praise is about what he has said. I want to read Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 to 21. I read the Passion Translation. It says, Against all odds, when he looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Verse 20, he never stopped believing God's promise for he was made strong in the faith to father a child. And because he was a mighty in faith and convinced that God was all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God what an incredible scripture he says this man looked hopeless there was nothing around him 
that indicates that this promise can be fulfilled. It's just like saying that a person should buy a car, but he doesn't even have 1,000 naira. There's no way to begin the journey. He looked hopeless, but he says that Abraham believed God in the midst of the hopelessness because he judged him who met the promise able, faithful to fulfill it. God deserves our praise for the promises he has made. He said, Abraham glorified God while waiting for the promise. What are you doing while waiting for your own promise? And as a result of the glorification, Abraham was honored as God had promised. What are you doing in the interim? While it seems as though that thing has not happened yet. Somebody say glorify God. Tell your neighbor glorify God. While you're waiting, while it might seem impossible, while it might look like this thing may never happen, while it might look like, oh, I had this plans 2020 and none of it. In fact, I looked at my own plans 2020. I did a carryover. So I didn't draft a new plan for 2021. I just said 2020, let's move you over to, I just changed the zero to one. God is able to fulfill his promise. God is able to make that which seems impossible possible. That is the God we serve. We're going to read a scripture, and I want us to read this scripture together while I invite the music team. We're going to worship this morning. Hallelujah. We're going to read Psalm 100. Shall we rise, everyone, please? We'll put, it, put, put this up in the, in the screen. It's just five verses. And we'll worship the Lord with the scripture. Psalm 100, I'll read the Passion Translation. Are we ready? The Passion Translation, do you have it? You don't have it? Okay. So which version do you have? New King James. Okay. So let's go with that. So verse 1, I will read and then you read. Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the lands. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is who He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Let's read verse 5 together. Okay, go ahead. All right, let's read verse 5 together, everyone. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures to all generations. I want to read something from the Passion Translation, which is the reason why I prefer that, that um, particular book. In verse 4, it says, You can pass through His open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For the Lord is always good and ready to receive you.
He is so loving that it will amaze you. So kind that it will astound you. And he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted. For he keeps his promises to every generation. He says, come to his presence, the gates are open. But then he says, there is a password to it. There is, if I give you my phone, you won't be able to use it. Unless I give you the password. He says, there is a password to come in. We're going to use that password this morning. Who is ready? Let's make some noise this morning. Let's make some noise this morning. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.